Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ and 1340 KYLT in Missoula, Montana. Back from a week off is Mr. Chris Callum, the co-host of this program. Chris, we've made it. Frisco, Texas should be a really great championship game between the number eight seed Montana State Bobcats and the number two seed North Dakota State Bison. High noon kickoff on ESPN2. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, Kevin. I mean, I, you know, there's, it's nice to see a big sky team make the finals. Obviously that's my conference, but I just think there's a lot of interesting storylines with this one and it's going to be fun to watch. Before we dive deep into the championship game, there were some surprises in the playoffs this year, I think, and no more bigger surprise than the fact that Montana State seeded number eight makes a quarterback change and here they are in Frisco. This thing is not possible up at the next level. There aren't eight teams in it, obviously, but that is a shocker to to just about everybody and it proves with a real playoff you can have situations like this yeah it, it certainly does i think it also proves that the selection process and the seating need to be taken on a closer look at i mean and not to say that montana state you know shouldn't have been seated eight you know perhaps they could they obviously should have been seated higher but uh you know, the fact that an eight seed made it all the way there shows how strong the field was. And and uh, and then things fell their way. They, they got to play at home. And that's a huge advantage. I was just going to say that our playoffs really last the entire season. There are several teams, if they would have taken care of business at home, wouldn't have had to go on the road in the playoffs. I know it's just a Montana State, North Dakota State weekend, but just look at the Grizz. If they would have beat Sac State, that game against James Madison's probably in Missoula, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it might be, you know, and, and then you look at, uh, well, Eastern Washington losing two close games towards the end of the season. They win one of those against Montana State or Weber State. They're getting a seed for sure. You look at South Dakota State, you know, they were just literally a couple of plays away from being a seed. Instead, you know, they have to go on the road for the almost the entire playoffs to get Davis at home. But, you know, if they're playing at home throughout the playoffs and they're hosting Montana State or they're uh, hosting, you know, Villanova, maybe things are a little bit easier on their path. And like I said, our playoffs start in week one. Now, let's move ahead and look ahead to the game today between Montana State and North Dakota State. I mentioned it earlier in earlier broadcasts, and you'll hear this is going to be a common theme in this show, but you have all these offenses around the country that try to do things differently with throwing the football 50 times, you know, not being balanced. And here we have the last game of the season for all the marbles in Frisco, Texas, two teams who run the ball, stop the run, and are solid on the specialty teams. It's not a complicated formula, is it? No, it's not. Obviously, they both deserve to be there because of defense first. You know, the offense is almost secondary because they can win close games. They also both take care of the football. They do a lot of things that support their style, so to speak. Uh, But also keep in mind, Montana State discovered a passing game over the last three weeks or the last you know three games. You know, so it's not all about the defense in running the football. I think one of these teams still has to make some plays through the air or both teams do if they want a shot to win. That might be the difference. Well, if you're NDSU, don't you just come out and think you can push Montana State around? I mean, you ended their seasons in 18 and 19. And I think maybe 
you come out and you try to see if that's the same bunch. If they fold under a whole bunch of pressure like they did in the past, I'm not sure that's going to be successful. But I think if I'm them, I come out in that first series. If I win the toss, I want the football, and I'm trying to establish we're NDSU and you're not. This is our title. Well, why wouldn't you? I mean, it makes total sense. It's what they do. They stick to their game plan. And most of the time, they don't have to deviate. And I think as a side note, that would be interesting to see if they fall behind a little bit and they have to make some plays through the air to catch up what happens. But going back to Montana State, can they be pushed around? I suppose we've seen North Dakota State do it to, you know, a variety of teams, including some some power uh, conference teams from the next level up. But Daniel Hardy, Troy Anderson, that front seven for Montana State is the real deal. They're very athletic. I just don't see them getting pushed around like North Dakota State's been able to do to some other teams. And I know you've been high on the secondary for Montana State all season. I mean, you were talking about them in week two, and that's a good group. I think NDSU has a very good group in the secondary, too. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of plays available there down the field, but I like Montana State's wide receivers, especially McCutcheon going up and getting those 50-50 balls better than I like that group for the Bison. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. And, you know, with Malat, I didn't buy into him 100% after the Sam Houston State game because those were 50-50 balls. You know, and they, he wasn't throwing deep outs. He wasn't throwing, you know, balls across the middle deep. He was just throwing it up for grabs and his teammates were making plays. But then you watch the South Dakota State game and you saw him develop a little bit more into a better passer. Um, So I think he's a threat to make some big throws. But keep in mind, both of these secondaries are excellent. You look at the semifinal game uh, and the interceptions that the Bison made, which were just unbelievably athletic. But like you hinted at, Montana State secondary is good. They're going to take some chances from the corner position, but the safeties are maybe the unsung heroes of that entire defense. And that affords you the opportunity to bring down an extra player into the box or send them on some blitz packages. You mentioned Daniel Hardy. Man, this is a guy whose name I didn't really know in the beginning of the season, but he's made a name for himself in these playoffs. I don't think there's a better edge rusher, and they disguise where he's coming from pretty well, too. And you can do that when you have the players around him. So, you know, Troy Anderson, it goes without saying how good he is. But, yes, Hardy is a force, and he is the kind of player – And it's not the position where you're going to take over games from necessarily, but he's almost that kind of a player. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the Bison offensive line deals with him. Pretty good running back matchup, too, in this one, isn't it? NDSU with the fullback and Isaiah Infonze for Montana State. Great, great matchup. And Lipke is just a beast. I, mean, the, I have to pitch myself and, and remind myself that he's a fullback. He's quick. He's fast. Uh, but, boy, he gets ahead of steam going, especially on those receptions in the, in the semifinal game. And he's just tough to bring down. So it's going to be really fun to watch both of them. Well, with both of them, the common theme is a four-yard run where they fall forward in the first quarter can become a 60-yard run in the fourth quarter as they wear the other guys down. They both have a tendency to fall forward, and you you might think, well, we stopped him for two yards, but the referee's marking it for four yards, and I'm no mathematician, but you do that three times, that's a first down. Oh, no, they, both teams want to wear out the opponent, but both teams also have other playmakers uh, rushing the football. Uh, you look at uh, what Malat's been able to do. I mean, he's averaging around 140 yards a game rushing, 
And the Bison are similar. I mean, it's not all about one guy and they can beat you with multiple people, including Tamaric Williams and Quincy Patterson, the, the old quarterback. They put Patterson in the game and he can make some plays with his feet. When Miller has struggled, it's been because people have got him off his spot back there. He's not as accurate on the move as he is from the pocket. And I think that there have been times this year where the short passing game has not been good for the Bison. That must be good today for them to win, I think. Because if the Bobcats can get him off his spot and get him a little rattle where he's not throwing the ball accurately, that's going to lead to a lot of punts, and that's going to lead to a lot of Bobcats possessing the football. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there and they've played from out front so often that we don't really know a huge amount about Cam Miller other than he's a winner. He figures out a way to win games, but not a lot's put on him. You know, there it's 14, 16 attempts, um, you know, and so that limits the mistakes you're going to make. You're not going to throw as many, you know, interceptions. Uh, but yeah, there's been some times where the accuracy isn't there. And if Montana state can get a little bit of a lead, can Cam Miller bring the bison back? Make sure you're following us on Twitter at FCS Nation Radio 1. That's at FCS Nation Radio and the number one. And we'll bring you all the coverage live from Frisco in conjunction with RedShirtSports.xyz. RedShirtSports.xyz is your new home for FCS football coverage. It's time for us to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll sit down with Mr. Matt Entz, the head football coach for North Dakota State Bison. Following that, we'll hear from Montana State head coach, Mr. Brent Vigen, from his press conference earlier in the week. Zach Mackey, the play-by-play voice for the Bobcats, will join us in segment four. And in segment five, Chris Kalman and I will pick the winner of the national championship. Saturday, high noon kickoff live from Frisco, Texas on ESPN2. The number two seed, North Dakota State Bison versus a number eight seed, Montana State Bobcats for all the marbles from Frisco, Texas. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Very pleased to be joined by Mr. Matt Entz, the head football coach for the North Dakota State Bison. Thanks for making the time, Coach. Hey, you bet. Appreciate being here. How is the health of your football team right now, Coach? Well, I think we're we're making we're we're, we're trending in the right direction. Uh, feels like we're ascending a little bit of the late uh, last game of the year, the semifinal game versus JMU. We we're short a few guys here and there. I don't know if I want to say we're necessarily 100 percent healthy right now, but uh, I think we're we're moving in the right direction. We're going to have some of these young men back, or at least where they can help us, uh, you know, this coming Saturday. Coach, when you have a young quarterback who hasn't had a lot of reps, you don't have a lot of film on him. How do you get the tendencies? Well, you're, you're trying just to, to keep, and I anticipate you're referring to, you know, how we're watching uh, uh, the young man from Montana State, trying to watch every rep, trying to just get a, an idea, going back and maybe looking at some things that were done previously um, from a play calling standpoint, just to make sure that at least we can put our kids in a situation to react. One of the things that when you get to the 15th game of the year, and everyone had, everyone's had three weeks to prepare, you have to lean on your preparation throughout the entire year a little bit. There's going to be something that's going to be new for both teams. and uh, You hope your, your rules and principles can carry you through that moment until you get to the sideline and can maybe make an adjustment. Or or even your, your fundamentals and techniques can, can carry you through you know a new play or a new run fit or um, a new coverage that might be shown. Coach, in the three weeks you have off and in the playoff practices, is there anybody who stood out to you that maybe has earned some playing time that wasn't getting it during the season? 
you know, not not necessarily at this time now. You know, what what who has stood out to us is uh, a number of really young kids. One of the things that we've tried to do through, and it's been. Uh, kind of tradition here, um, something that started, you know, back when when I was a defensive coordinator here, is during during the the playoff uh, games or, or weekly prep, and even the what we call winter camp, the three weeks leading up to the national championship, we try to incorporate some extra indie for our young players. Uh, we incorporate some thud team situational stuff, red zone, maybe a first down period. Um, so we can see our kids execute our schemes offensively and defensively. And so I don't know if there's anyone that just jumps off at me that's going to just all of a sudden, uh, you know, pop or, or, or click here in the national championship game. But what I have seen is a lot of our freshmen and, and, and redshirt freshmen show the, some development over the course of the last month. Uh, that makes me excited for the future of this program. Coach, when you have all these offenses around the country who throw it 50 times, you got gaudy numbers, it's not a huge surprise that the national championship and FCS is going to come down to teams that run the football and can stop the run. No, I think, I still think, and in, 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 of course, being a defensive guy, I'm a huge advocate of being able to run the football offensively um, and playing complementary football. Um, and that's one of the things that I think we pride ourselves on and, and really uh, try to do every season, every spring ball, is create an atmosphere or an environment within our program where all three phases lean on each other for their success. Uh, you know, the longer we can stay on the field and the more consistent and efficient we can run the football, uh, we win the time, the time of possession battle. Uh, we play great defense on third down. We stop the run early, on early downs. Uh, we can get the ball back to our offense. And, and then, you know, special teams being able to, to, to swing position, I think is always going to be critical uh, for both sides of the ball. And um, it, it's not a surprise. I think you're looking at two teams that value the line of scrimmage and also value playing really good defense. And um, I think whenever you can lean on your own line and lean on your defense, you have an opportunity to win every game. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Matt Ince, the head coach for the North Dakota State Bison. Coach Ince, how has Cam Miller progressed since we saw him last spring as a true freshman? Well, overall, I think the, the first thing that, just says to, that, of course, I think everyone out there, all the listeners would agree is, the more reps he has, the more familiarity he has with our offense. Uh, there's a level of comfort that comes with that. There's a level of confidence that comes with that. Um, just hearing things, seeing pictures over and over in practice, having a number of games under his under his belt right now uh, are extremely valuable. I mean, he's only started eight games probably in his career or something like that. And he's still learning. He's still a work in progress. He knows that. Uh, he's his worst uh, critic right now. Um, he, he is a very thorough young man, uh, expects a lot out of himself. The biggest difference that I've seen, though, from him is in the, in the spring, he was extremely, he was stressed. And there's a big difference between stress and pressure to me. Stress is the moments when you're not fully prepared. And he knew that. Um, and, and it was just the, the situation at hand during the spring. We just hadn't had enough time to get him developed or in a, in a good spot. 
Um, but I think this fall, now there's a lot of pressure on him to, to execute, to operate the offense, to be successful, but he feels prepared each week. He, he has a routine, and it's one that he's learned from other quarterbacks that have been here, quarterbacks that we've had here that have come back and visited with him and shared some of their experiences. And so now he's put kind of his, his routine together weekly uh, that enables him to go into every game feeling uh, very confident. One of the things that I've always admired about the NDSU program is there's not a whole lot of look at me stuff. I mean, you bring in Quincy Patterson, and he's been a consummate team player, hasn't he? Maybe not getting all the reps that he wants, but he's the first guy to greet Cam when he comes off the field. Very impressive group you have, Coach. Well, that's one of the things that we we, we sell in this program. This is not a spotlight program by any means. Now, it is a program that's rooted on team first team building, um, servant leadership is something that we routinely talk about. Um, and servant leadership to me is, is kind of, you know, what, what Bison pride is, is all about too, is making sure that the needs of your teammates are met before yours. And if we can get 110, 120 guys to believe in that message and to, to buy into that vision, um, when you start playing your best football for the sake of the others, I think you're going to you see a special product that gets put on the field. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Matt Ince, the head coach for the North Dakota State Bison. Thanks for making the time, Coach. Looking forward to seeing you down there in Frisco. You bet. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on today. Wearing braces on your teeth can be challenging. Flossing and brushing is frustrating at best. The patented platypus flosser and toothbrush for people that wear braces is the easiest and most effective oral hygiene device on the planet. Unlike traditional methods that are, well, just awful, your kids will actually use the platypus products because they are fast and easy to use. If your child wears braces, protect your investment in their teeth with the platypus flosser and toothbrush available at your nearest Albertsons and Safeway store in the oral care aisle. Platypusco.com. Hi there, this is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA. We are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA. If you're ever in Traverse City, Michigan, stop into Brick Wheels, one of the best bicycle stores in America. You can enjoy that beautiful part of these United States on a bicycle. Road bikes, mountain bikes, fat bikes, even electric assist. And if you go into Brick Wheels and you say, go Grizz, go Bison, go Cadets, or whatever your FCS team name is, you'll get 20% off your purchase. So if you're in Traverse City, Michigan, go into Brick Wheels, talk some FCS football, get 20% off. That's Brick Wheels, Brick Wheels wheels.com. 
Honey? Yeah. I feel weird. What do you mean? I think I feel happy, satisfied, uh-huh. like inner peace is inside of me, comfortable in my own skin. Oh, well, I know why. It must be all the yoga I'm doing. No, it's our new replacement windows from Renewal by Anderson. I don't think so. Every morning I get up, I do my yoga, and I chant, I am good, life is good, while in down dog. And honey, that is good, but our Renewal by Anderson Fibrex windows are keeping the house perfectly temperate, so you're comfortable. No, 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 it's the chanting, I am good, life no. is good. You should try it, and you would feel more inner peace, too. All right, I'll try it. All right, take right. a deep breath mm-hmm. in through your nose, put your hands on the ground. Okay. All right, push your butt up in the air, start uh, your chant. Okay, Renewal by Anderson, hassle-free, energy-efficient, low-maintenance windows with a professional perfect fit. That's your chant? It brings me inner peace. Okay, I'll try it. Okay. Renewal by Anderson, hassle-free, energy-efficient, low-maintenance windows with a professional perfect fit. Oh, my back. Bring your butt down. For a perfect fit, call Renewal by Anderson of Montana, 406-206-9591. We're back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We'll now hear from Montana State head coach, Mr. Brent Fijan, from his press conference earlier in the week. You know, something I think about right away is is, is our team, and they, you know, a lot of our guys got a taste of, of playoff football in 18 and 19. Probably felt like they got really close in 19. Um, and it was a really determined outfit when I, when I took over, uh, in February, and you know, we implemented some changes along the way. And for us to be in this position, you know, a little over two years later, um, couldn't be more excited. I know both of those seasons, the 18 and 19, um, ironically ended against North Dakota State in Fargo. Um, so to have NDSU as our our opponent, um, you know, I think for our guys is is nothing more than the opponent we're playing. Um, I, I think our our guys looked at at this opportunity when it was laid out with the brackets. Um, you know, what can we do to to go week by week, put everything we can into our preparation that week? Um, and I think we've continued to to improve through these uh, through, through these playoff games. And you know, now with the uh, the three week layoff, um, we're excited to be back here in Bozeman. Um, you know, preparing again with an opportunity to play a, a really good program, a tremendous program. You know, one that I obviously know a lot about. Um, you know, and this team, uh, much like the, the, all the teams of the previous decade, you know, do things. Um, how championships teams do them? They they run the football. Um, they stop the run. Play really good in the special teams. You know, they're the type of team that uh, you have to beat. They're not going to beat themselves. Um, so, you know, we got our work cut out for us. Um, but I think our guys are, you know, uh, excited to go down to Texas here in a few days. Um, but, uh, again, the work we're doing here in Bozeman is is getting us going. And, you know, we'll be on the road um, come Wednesday. But uh, excited for this opportunity for our guys and all they've been through, in particular, the last couple of years. So with that, I'll open it up for questions. Let's start with Eric Peterson. Go ahead, Eric. Hey, Coach. I uh, just start with Troy Anderson. Uh, what does he mean to your defense, and, and what what kind of type of types of things has he done to kind of help elevate that side of the ball this fall? 
Well, Troy is uh, first off an extremely talented um, individual. Uh, he has been blessed with great size, great speed, and on top of that, he's he's very intelligent. He's an amazing competitor, and in, on top of all of that, he's our, our probably our best leader. And the the really neat thing about Troy is you know, he's really playing a new position again this year. Um, you know, everybody knows he's played outside linebacker, he's played running back, he's played quarterback, all that, but he's playing. You know, our Mike linebacker, which, you know, needs to be, you know, our alpha in, in, on that defense. And, you know, Troy didn't have spring ball. Um, he didn't have the luxury of getting those reps back in April and May, but really took it upon himself. Every single walkthrough he could be a part of in the spring, um, he was learning. And then through the summer as his, uh, you know, he became cleared medically, you know, he, he got a lot of uh, reps and player-led um, opportunities. And then what I've seen out of him, I guess to your point, is he's just continued to get better. So all that talent aside, you know, he's continued to see the game faster and faster from from that position. And he can blitz, he can cover, and he can cover space like crazy. And and um, you know, without him, I, I we certainly wouldn't be in this position. Uh, and just describe the you know starting a freshman quarterback to start the playoffs and just his growth in those few starts and why do you think he uh, Tommy has been as successful as he, as he has during this playoff run? Well, we use Tommy a lot of different ways through the course of the regular season. Um, he played some receiver, played played on all our special teams. Um, so he was blocking, he was tackling, he was catching football, but he was still in the quarterback meetings. He was still in the quarterback drills. Um, so I you know I think we we saw. You know, real growth um, throwing the football through the through the course of the fall. Um, you know, he made an impact in games running the football from the quarterback position. You know, so when we got to the end of the regular season, um, you know, we felt like we needed to make a change and felt like he was in position to do it. I think it helped for us to have that buy um, to kind of go back to square one to some degree with him. Um, but it felt like you know his. His emergence was going to be a real possibility, and and you could see it kind of quarter by quarter in that UT Martin game, um, the game slowing down for him a little bit. Um, you know, so that was such a big big game for him to to have some success, but also to to go through some things and have some failures. And I think the biggest thing about him, he recognized the things he did wrong. I mean, a lot of kids would just be happy with you know um, scoring three touchdowns or whatever he did in that game. Um, he was more critical of the things that he needed to improve upon and I think he took that into the next week's prep against Sam Houston uh, did some really good things in that game obviously and then again I think he took another step forward against South Dakota State so you know I think we felt like he was he was capable of, of doing what he's done maybe not to the degree I guess but uh, knew he had the capabilities of, of not only making plays for us but continuing to improve um, and for us to continue to win week by week um, he needed to keep improving and he's done that to this point and you know um, I think this three-week window not only getting him healed up um, but also allowing for that improvement to continue will be big heading into this game. And as finally, if Christian Watson does play for NDSU, uh, what does he add to NDSU's offense and what are some of the challenges in defending him? Thank you. Well, he's a tremendous playmaker and not only catching the ball, but running with the football as well. Um, you know, so I, I think he draws a lot of attention uh, on offense and then he can also in the kick return game as well. So, you know, I think our expectation is to see Christian, um, you know, and to to pay him attention, you know, uh, and 
whatever that whatever that is, it's it's certainly not allowing him to get behind us, um, doing everything we can um, from that perspective. First off, and you know, I think uh, in the run game, um, if he becomes a run threat, you know, we gotta we gotta bring him down. I, he's done a really good job through the course of his career of of being able to break tackles. It's not just it's not just his speed; um, he, he can break tackles too. So. You know, I, I think keeping him in front of us, not allowing him to get behind us is, is the biggest thing, but certainly knowing where he is all the time will be a, a key factor. Let's go to a Coulter Nuanez. Go ahead, Coulter. Hi, Coach. Um, it, it's, a, it's a unique circumstance for a team to have three weeks to prepare for a game. It, it rarely happens at any level of football unless you're playing for a national championship. seems to me that there's both pluses and minuses to that. But what do you think are some of the advantages and disadvantages? And how do you make sure the guys don't get overloaded with you know, information and all the noise that's out there? Well, I'll, I'll speak to the advantages first. I think it allows for, for both teams to put their best team out there possible after playing 14, uh, 14 games in the course of 16, 16 weeks. Um, I, I think that's the first thing. And I think everybody wants from a championship perspective you know, both teams have their best product out there. Um, I think it certainly allows you to to study up an opponent as much as you can, but also that, you know, both teams have that advantage, I guess. I know for us, you know, and getting our guys home for Christmas, uh, I think that's, uh, that's a healthy deal too. You know, our guys have been at it, uh, you know, really since uh, the beginning of August. Um, you know, we, we had a couple-day break. Um, going back to Thanksgiving but really you know just getting a chance to unwind a little bit I, I think mentally I think that's important you know and then from a disadvantage perspective the biggest thing I see is you know we had we were gaining momentum certainly in, in that three-week run and you know I, I guess you guard against just stepping away from football a little bit and you know so that's why getting them back here this week and getting ourselves um, going again is so important I think you take too many days off during this stretch, um, you could lose some of that. So, you know, we were real particular about, about our schedule over these three weeks, um, having been through it. Um, not only at NDSU, we had a long break. We had a month break. Um, our last bowl game that I was a part of at Wyoming, knowing how to navigate that a little bit and, and, and at least having a roadmap um, for me was helpful in just planning this out as well. And from a momentum standpoint, as well as a game plan standpoint, specifically Tommy Malat, he, he sort of had an element of surprise. And now that's sort of gone with NDSU having so long to prepare for him. So uh, how do you hope he reacts? And what sort of things can you do to sort of help him continue the momentum he built the first couple of weeks of the playoffs? Well, I, I you know, there's a couple of things there. I, I, if we didn't have a three-week break coming up, I don't know if he could have carried it 34 times against South Dakota State. So, you know, the, the factors in that South Dakota State game with – uh, with Isaiah being out, knowing we would really need to lean on Tommy, I, I think we felt comfortable doing because we would would have this three week uh, break on the other side. Um, you know, I think as far as the momentum he was gaining, I I see it all as a positive. I, I think we can we can go, come back with him uh, again more to the basics, um, both last week and this week, and then really. You know, uh, just continue to get him reps. You know, he's still a, a guy that really from September through November was getting some reps, but but not that many at quarterback. So as many reps as he can accumulate here, I think it's all a positive. Um, you know, and I think their ability to, to defend him, um, you know, I, I, I think whether they had three weeks or one week, uh, you know, North Dakota State would do a really good job of planning for him. So, uh, you know, we need to get as many of our – 
our guys back um, to be able to compliment him, um, but understand, hey, we're in a one-game mode right now. Um, we're going to do whatever, whatever it takes to win the football game. And two more for me. One, there's always been such a huge narrative of North Dakota State and how good they are on the lines. That seems to be very true again this year. But it's, it's very true for Montana State, too. So how do you see that matchup? And what sort of advantages maybe can you find when you are going against kind of the benchmark in that area? Well, I think they're really uh, they're really good there every year. And, you know, um, I looked first on the, on the offensive side. You know, they've been able to, to plug and play some younger guys, um, you know, through the playoffs and really haven't skipped a beat. You know, that's that continual building of, uh, of a unit of depth, um, you know, and, and they're, you know, up front, you can, you can move a Volson around and, and he can play right tackle, right guard, um, you know, plug in Mason Miller, you know, uh, in center situation, they've played both those guys. So, you know, uh, offensive line play, you know, certainly has been um, for a long, long time and continues to be a, a great strength of the program there. And then defensively, um, you know, they play so many guys. The number of times I've had to glance at a roster to see who this guy is, who that guy is, you know, it allows all of those guys to play um, 100 miles an hour whenever they're out there. And, you know, I think the the effort they play with, the attention, the detail they play with up front is really, you know, what we've aimed to do at Montana State. Um, so, you know, the, the line play for sure, I, I think on both sides is where it starts for them. And I think, you know, collectively, you know, these two units are, you know, as good as they've they've probably had. And, and even going back to the teams that I was uh, fortunate to be a part of back in the early part of the decade. It seems like every time I've watched NDSU in the playoffs over the last 10 years, there's always a, a fullback or an H-back that is catching passes, having huge games, maybe atypical for what you think of modern offenses. But they always seem to have guys in those sort of dirty work positions that can also make offensive plays. So how, how much does that just diversify an offense? And what do you have you thought of their dedication to getting so many guys involved, especially guys that maybe in other offenses wouldn't typically get the ball? Well, I know this. They got a really unique guy in Hunter Lukey in that position right now. Um, maybe as unique has been in that program. Um, you know, his ability to, to play fullback, the, pl- the position he's listed at, I, I think is really, I mean, he's really talented there. Um, if that means he's blocking on the power play or on the perimeter, um, his ability to, to line up in the, in the, the wing position and, and be a real threat there, um, you know, has been evidenced in both his blocking ability and his catching ability. But I, I think it's, you know, when they throw him back at, at tailback and give him the ball, you know, that's, you know, that's such a rare combination. You know, there's been guys that maybe, maybe have been able to do two of those three things pretty well, but to do all three as well as he's done them, um, I think that's, you know, he, I've heard it. I mean, I he's he's maybe their be, their best athlete, um, and be, their best football player, and, and he's a guy that I know has our complete attention. And, and beyond that, you know, how many guys, um, you know, that tight end fullback position group, um, while it's an extension of the the old line to some degree, I think it's really you know. Uh, become an extension of the receiver room as well. And I know, um, you know, Gindorf has been out, but but they, you know, they're able just to again put the next guy in. So, yeah, the ability to be in um, two, 22 personnel, 13 personnel, um, and, and do all kinds of things anywhere from empty to, you know, to really cram everybody in there is something that they've taken probably to a, another level the last several years. 
The audio from the press conference of Montana State head coach Brent Fijan is courtesy of the NCAA. When we come back, Montana State radio play-by-play voice Zach Mackey will be here. And following that will be the last pick segment of the season. I know you'll want to hang out for that. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Tory Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful custom single-family and multifamily homes since his return from the NFL in 2003, and Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. I'm DJ Coulter from Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome to American Family Insurance. I understand that choosing the proper insurance protection can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to find someone you can rely on for trusted advice. As your American Family Insurance agent, I'll work hard to earn your trust, and I look forward to helping you find the right insurance solutions for years to come. Area code 701-235-6641. Or better than that, drop by and see DJ at American Family Insurance at 4215 31st Avenue South, Suite B in Fargo, North Dakota. DJCoulter.com. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Not satisfied with standard souvenir distribution, you created a device with enough kick to dislocate a mascot's shoulder. Someone get a stretcher. Courtside, luxury box, upper deck. Your high-powered cotton cannon makes every section the nosebleed section. Hit the deck. So simple, anyone can operate it. After a background check, a training course, and a five-day waiting period. It only shoots T-shirts. So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light marksman of the mezzanine, because we know you'll give us the shirt off your back at 180 feet per second. Mr. T-shirt launcher Bud Light beer at Isopur, St. Louis, Missouri. Are you played by foreclosure? Well, here at Jim Ladd and Matey, we can stop your foreclosure now. We're a mortgage rescue company, and for the small fee of everything you hold dear, we will negotiate with your lender on your behalf. Call Jim Ladd and Matey at 1-800-YAR-YAR. That's 1-800-YAR-YAR-YAR. If you're facing foreclosure, talk to the right people. Speak with HUD-approved housing counselors free of charge at 888-995-HOPE. Brought to you by NeighborWorks America and the Ad Council. I sing songs about Texas I sing them often as if she was some old lover I used to know I wish I could follow them back to the homeland every time I hear one on my radio 
Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. And now joined by Mr. Zach Mackey, the play-by-play voice for the Montana State Bobcats. Zach, thanks for being here, brother. And I'll tell you, looking at the depth chart, it seems like your Bobcats are about as healthy as could be expected or hoped for this time of year. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Thanks for having me, of course, uh, Kevin. It is one of those things where uh, – Bobcat fans uh, had to go through it a bit. Semi-final game with a lot of names out of there, not on there. Um, as of right now, it's full steam ahead with all these guys and everything, so that's nice to be able to see. And I guess uh, what it's really only if you're competing for a championship do you get about three weeks off or so to be able to get healthy, and uh, that will help out. And, you know, it, it's one of those things, I think, where everyone who isn't a fan of FCS football like we all are, you want to see both teams at their best and where they've got everybody. And it looks like right now – that uh, that's going to be the case for both these two teams. And on the defensive line especially, and on the offensive line, we're going to see some guys who haven't played in a minute. Yeah, yeah, we are. And, you know, we've talked, um, and I know you've talked to the show about Chase Benson and, and his ability to be able to take up multiple blocks and, you know, to be able to just free things up for those other defensive linemen, which is, is huge what he's able to do when he's in there, uh, kind of a selfless player. And uh, TJ Session has been so good at that right tackle. And then Rush Reimer had to fill in after TJ had that injury, and, and he's done a really nice job too, added some depth to that uh, offensive line now, you know, with – TJ uh, being able to come back and being able to do that. So that, uh, you know, those big boys, it all starts up front, and especially between these two, Montana State, North Dakota State teams that, you know, like to keep it at times on the ground and, and be able to get it uh, through the A-gap. And, and that's going to be important with the big guys up front. And with all the sexy offenses that we have in FCS football, right, guys who throw it 50 times, throw for five touchdowns, it seems like it usually comes down to the teams that can line up, run the ball when the other team knows they're going to run it, and the teams that can stop other teams in those situations. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where a lot of times – you know, it is. It, it's sexy, like you said, to, you know, have that RPO game the whole time and be able to, you know, throw it all those times, get some of those big guys downfield. But a lot of times it comes down to the fundamentals and who can do the fundamentals well. Obviously, these two teams have both done the fundamentals well this season. North Dakota State's done the fundamentals well for basically the past decade. I mean, they have been here. They're a stalwart. They know what they have. And, uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, the old-time football fans that like the tight ends down with their hand in the dirt and a couple of fullbacks in there. I mean, we're going to have some old-school football between these two. The big specter hanging over the game has been COVID. What have the Montana State football team done about that? Well, I can tell you it's basically gone back to where we were a year ago. You know, we were in a predicament where they were trying to determine uh, if the Bobcats were going to be feasible to have a spring season, how we were going to be able to – uh, you know, keep an entire team fielded. And by doing that, it was a lot more mask wearing. You see that a lot around the facility, a lot more six feet, you know, guys are being cautious. Uh, they know that especially now as we, we sit now, we're within the five days, obviously. So anyone who gets it is out. And, um, you know, they've done, they've done a really nice job of, of being able to go around and, um, and, be mindful of yourself. These guys, I, I think it's a little bit maybe difficult when you're at a different uh, part of the season, but when you're at a championship level like this team is, they're ready to sacrifice, you know, just about anything to uh, 
be able to make sure that they get a shot in that championship game. FCS Nation, we're joined by Zach Mackey, the play-by-play voice for the Montana State Bobcats. Well, we've talked four minutes and haven't mentioned Tommy Malott. That might be a record, right, <laughs> so far. He has just come leaps and bounds, and that's a kid, if you asked him to go play on the punt team, he would. He's a team guy, and both of these quarterbacks in this game are huge examples of if you persevere, you can achieve. Well, he, he would, and he did, Kevin. I mean, he was uh, all all he was was really special teams is the crazy part all of the regular season. I mean, we saw him the last couple of games get in in a receiver type of way and, and be able to come in a couple of run packages. But for the most part, he was a special teams player. And, you know, he, he's kind of that mindset. I, I thought it was funny. Uh, last week they had Troy Anderson and Tommy Balot sit next to each other, and those two are a lot alike. They come from, you know, a Montana town that's really proud of them and, and loves to see them competing at the highest level. And those guys are about as humble as they come in, in college football. The thing about Tommy, and I think what sets him apart, what makes it so different this year, is that he's fresh. When, when you see a guy like him who runs the ball consecutively, is consistently landing forward, not sliding, you know, putting his body out there, it's kind of like what we saw, I think, with Troy Anderson in 2018. At times, you get injury-ridden. I mean, it's just the way it is. By the end of that 2018 season, Troy was pretty banged up. I mean, he was doing all he could, but he had been hit all around. Well, Tommy Malak didn't play in the regular season. He was fine in the regular season for the most part, so he's fresh. This is really only Tommy's fourth game of the year, if you think of it that way. And I think that freshness and that newness has been able to um, put him in a position where you know he's been able to run around, being healthy, and, and been able to make plays. I think this Bison team is going to come out and try to punch y'all directly in the face. How important is it for Montana State to withstand that initial onslaught? You have a feeling that they're going to come out and think they can push you around. Yeah, you know, I, I think that is critical. And I think that the the big part of it for me is in 19, I remember going to the Fargo Dome, they, they scored on that opening drive and it just gave so much confidence to them. And it, you know, just showed, okay, we, we know what we're doing. We're doing that. And I wouldn't be surprised in a championship game. There ain't no in these championship games that they don't go after it right away. Like you said, and, you know, try to try to establish themselves early and, and be able to get a, a shot down the field or, you know, be able to make a, a trick play, something to kind of, you know, kind of put them at ease. I think a lot of times in these type of games where there's so much hype, there's been three weeks of talking about this. It's that first series, that first time down the field where you can put a team at ease. You can make them feel like they belong there. North Dakota State knows that obviously they belong there. They've been there a long time and and they continue to be in that championship game where the Bobcats are on the opposite end of the spectrum. Haven't been there in a long time uh, going back here. So, you know, I think if if Montana State is able to stop them, you know, early on, able to get their own big plays, you can you could kind of put the confidence in your team that, hey, we're supposed to be here and we're competing right now, uh, obviously at, at the same level, if not better. Well, I was there in 1984 at Johnson Haygood Stadium on the campus of the Citadel as a nine-year-old kid when y'all won the national championship. And I was there when you beat South Dakota State. And I'm going to be there in Frisco on Saturday. And I'm starting to see a trend here. Yeah, I think you're the lucky charm. I could tell you I wasn't there in 1984, so I can't vouch uh, for any of that. But I guess so. I, I'm glad you're coming to Frisco then. Otherwise, you might have had to hop on the team plane or something. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Zach Mackey, the play-by-play voice for the Montana State Bobcats. Thanks for being here, sir. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you down there in Texas. Sounds good. Thanks, Kevin. Oh, yeah. 
Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. It's now time for Chris and I to pick the national championship game. Chris has owned me all season like he usually has. The upset specials have gone pretty well this season, Chris. I don't know whether we're going to have one of those today. We'll have to wait a couple minutes and see. But this is the pick segment, and here is the one game we have to pick. It's for all the marbles down in Frisco, Texas. High noon kickoff on ESPN2. The number eight seed, Montana State Bobcats, versus the number two seed, North Dakota State Bison. Chris Callum, who do you got and why? One stat that sticks out, Kevin, is turnover margin. Both teams take care of the ball very well. The Bobcats are better at forcing turnovers. They lead 15 to 8 in that category. I think a lot hinges upon that. We, we know it does in every football game that's ever been played. If the scoring remains low, it's anybody's game. Obviously, you know, you can both these offenses have the ability to score on chunk plays, big runs. Uh, we've seen it from the Bobcats in the passing game as well. The Cats can't afford to turn it over. I think there's a reason that the Bison are favored. We know why. So I think what this hinges upon is who makes more plays in the passing game. There doesn't have to be a lot of plays made, but one or two or or maybe three big plays in the passing game, whether it's to pick up a third and long or to score, probably is going to determine the outcome as much as anything else does. So I love this game, and I hate picking against the Bison. You've taught me that, but I'm going to here. I'm going to go with Montana State Bobcats to win this football game relatively higher scoring than most people realize or anticipate. Give me the Cats, 28-24. As I discussed with Zach Mackey, I think the Bison are just going to come out and try to push the Cats around early and often in this one. But I think this NDSU team is going to discover rather quickly, this ain't the same bunch of Bobcats they played in the past and ended their season in 18-19 and in Fargo. It's huge for the Cats to get Isaiah and Fonze back. It really gives more credence to their play-action passing game to have him back there. He's a guy like Chris and I talked about. You might tackle him for four yards in the first quarter, but those are going to pile up. And then you pull it out and you hit McCutcheon down the field. Should be a very good opportunity for the Bobcats there. Tommy Mallott needs to be accurate in the short passing game to keep the buys and linebackers off of them. I'd expect some screens, uh, some swing passes out of the backfield to help with that. On the deep balls, there isn't anyone better with coming down with those 50-50 balls in Lance McCutcheon for Montana State. The Cats will need him to come down with several to win this one. For NDSU, the recipe is always the same. Run the ball behind that powerful offensive line, play defense, and win the specialty teams. I believe they'll do all of those things. But in this matchup, that don't mean they're going to win. Cam Miller must make throws. Even just the easy pitch-and-catch short game that the Bison want to do. There have been times this season where that hasn't happened, and the Bison really need him to be accurate. If the Bobcats can get to Miller, they can force him into some mistakes. Look for Troy Anderson and Daniel Hardy to try to do just that. The Bison will love for this to be a game in the low to mid-20s, and I think it will be. This is a tough one to pick. And like Chris Callum, I'm going to violate my own rule about picking against the Bison. I think Montana State gets it done and hauls the hardware back to Bozeman, Montana. Take the Cats to win the national championship game over North Dakota State, 24-21. to That brings us to the end of another season of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Got a lot of people to thank. But first, FCS Nation is produced by Mr. Justin Swallows, co-hosted by Mr. Chris Callum, and the marketing director for FCS Nation is Miss Stacy Marshall. 
A special thanks to the program directors from the Carolina coast to the Pacific Northwest who agree to put this show on every week during the football season. We appreciate the faith that you put in us and to you, dear listener. Thank you. Without you, we wouldn't be doing this, and we do this for you, for FCS football fans, an underserved group of fans on the radio all across this country. We hope that you've enjoyed another season of FCS Nation. To the men and women pressing the buttons on the ones and twos all across this country to bring you FCS Nation, thank you. We couldn't have a show without y'all. On behalf of all those good people, I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall, thanking you for making FCS Nation a small part of your football week. And like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill you. Until August, so long, everybody. Hey, hey, hey.